There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. So today is a good day to have a good day. The sun is shining in Toronto and we are feeling the vibes. Finally, we're out of the gray darkness that we've been locked inside with for the last, I don't even know, 5,000 months, and we're feeling good. We are talking to Cache Bird of This Bird's Nest on today's episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends. This Bird's Nest is a motherhood and lifestyle brand. This Wonder Woman is a mother of six beautiful children. Yes, I said six. All seven years old and under. Cache gives her community an insider look on what it's really like to raise such a large family by sharing mom tips, daily routines, life hacks, and ultimately making an imprint on motherhood. We always say being a parent is a full-time job, but a parent of six children, including triplets, I'm literally still stuck on the number six. And I feel like everyone listening is an instant awe and admiration just to all of the above. So naturally, we have to start with how. How do you do it all, Cash Day? Oh, let me just say that I am busy. I'm balancing home life. We have a large family. I try to get in my self-care. And there's marriage and business, all the things. But... I know it sounds like really, really cliche, but over here we have routines. I try to set up systems. Not saying that they all follow them all the time. That's not that's not the case, but we have those things in place and I literally schedule everything. And I've learned to prioritize the things that are really important, especially within these last three years. The things that are really important get knocked up to the top of the list. And if I'm being really transparent, I'm working on asking and communicating the help that I need because it's a lot. And I realized that I wasn't really good at communicating what where I needed help. So getting a nanny, finding assistance with the business, even like with my spouse, getting him on board for the things that I need personally. 
all of those, like all of the help that I can receive really helps me do it all. And I'm not trying to do it all because it is a lot. I will say that. And like really getting the kids to contribute to the family unit is key because it builds independence. You know, we cannot like X out the kids and the responsibilities that they carry in the family unit. So getting everybody to help out, I'm just not trying to do it all, but you know, I do do a lot. I can say that. The way that you're kind of describing this, is it something that you struggled with to get to? Yeah. To, to, to ask for help? Because I think that's something a lot of mothers, they all, they, we all want to be the heroes. We all want to like buy into the trope that we have to run everything in the family and then we're, or else we're not a good mom. Is it something that you had to like ease yourself into to get help? Yes. It's just something that I have always struggled with, with being the leader. And I have my firstborn, she is a natural born leader. And I just try to even get her to see like, You don't have to do all the work. You don't have to be the one raising your hand in class. And then seeing that I've never been here before, to be honest, like I've never actually had to ask for help. And I find it very easy for me to say, oh, I can do this. And then trying to communicate that to someone else, like that is so difficult for me. And I actually find it as like something that I'm working on and trying to communicate, okay, this is where I need help versus just jumping and doing it. That's very easy, but it's the hard part of communicating like, hey, this is where I need help. Or even identifying that place of I'm struggling here. I actually need help. I've just never been there before. You know, it's new to me. It's very, very new, especially within these last three years. (laughs) So that's so vulnerable and like awesome that you're just saying it out loud because that's asking for help is like literally harder than doing the thing sometimes. And that's always a challenge. So thanks again for sharing that, Keshe. Honestly, like we were saying, it's really hard sometimes to just even be able to ask for help and sometimes even know that you need to ask for help. So you're like, no, no, I got this. Obviously you have six gorgeous little big bays. And but you're also a mother to triplets out of those six. So for anybody who doesn't know that, she has three kids and then she has three triplets. So what was your initial reaction when you found out you were having triplets? And tell us about the journey about how you wrapped your mind around that after already having three babies. So my initial reaction was I felt all the feelings at once. Just I'm just here to be transparent with you guys. <laughs> like, I was shocked. I was uncertain. I felt like this overwhelming feeling of joy because babies are blessings. Like, how could God choose me? Like, I'm being the vessel. I'm about to give life to three babies. And I was just happy. I was also like really, really scared and like questioning, like, how could this happen? How did it happen? I mean, we know how it happened, but like, you know, how did it all transpire? There's so many questions going through my head. And when I found out I was actually pregnant with the triplets, I had not even told anyone that we were even expecting our, well, at the time I thought it was a fourth baby, but we were expecting the fourth time around, you know, and I was trying to like keep it a secret a little bit because, you know, you want to get over that initial phase where, you know, things can just, you know, for miscarriage, you know, you want to be you want to acknowledge those things and keep it private for a little bit first. Well, I started showing a lot earlier than normal. And my husband was even, would even ask me like in the morning when we were, when we would be getting dressed and said, like, how far along are you again? And I'm like, well, this is my fourth pregnancy. You know, I'm going to show a lot earlier. You know, 
my body is used to doing this. And then I started to wonder like, okay, am I really showing that much? And then I had a friend who was pregnant right along with me. We were around the same um, gestation and he was just asking a lot of questions. And then I had my baby's birthday party and my friends walked in, which is like, oh my gosh, you are so big. So the sonographer, I think I was around like, mm -hmm, about 14 weeks pregnant. And it was my first OB appointment in the sonographer. And I already told them that this pregnancy was so different. So when I went in, they scheduled an ultrasound. My husband was not there. And because we had to like reschedule because we had tragedy in our family or whatever. And it was, I was alone. So I was alone in the room <laughs> with the sonographer and I wasn't expecting to get an ultrasound because hubby tried to show up for all of the ultrasounds. And as soon as she put the ultrasound scope on my belly and looking at my uterus, she automatically seen twins. And she like stuff that. And I was like, what? You know, and I was looking and she was just like, yeah, there's twins in there or whatever. And she took it off. And then she was like, okay, let me keep scanning. Look at the babies really good. And then she stepped back again. And I was like, that's three babies. It's three babies in there. She was like, yes, but I need to confirm. So I'm calling my husband. I'm like, you know, we need to go through this together and as much as possible, right? And she called the doctor. I was like, no, that's three sacks. Like that's three sacks. So initially the third sack was showed it was empty and I got kind of nervous. Remember, I'm going through all these emotions at once. Like, where's my baby? You know, why is my baby not showing in there or whatever? And then she was like, let's, let's just give it some more time. The doctor came in and it, she was like, yeah, there's three babies in there. And the third baby like showed up. It was just so many emotions at once. And my husband's initial reaction was like, oh, cool. And I just like took a pause, like, oh, cool. You know, um, so it was just all the feelings at once. The doctor and the sonographer left the room. They was like, we'll just give you a moment because this is the first time we've ever experienced this as well. I sat in the room and I was just calling my family, talking to my husband, just like feeling all the feels, you know, it was just so overwhelming. Everything was overwhelming at that point. And that was, that was around three months, right? That's when you discovered that you had. So it was like two, you had like two and a half months because I missed my initial appointment. So they had stopped seeing you at 10 weeks. So my initial, well, they start seeing you at 10 weeks. I had to cancel the appointment because I had to travel out of town. Did not even know I was pregnant with three babies. Was feeling it. Yes, I was. But so we had to reschedule and that's when I was like, this is different. But like, as far as the journey so far, it was life changing. I changed pretty much everything. You can think like from diets, I started to realize that I was having, a, I had a high risk pregnancy. So when you have higher order multiples and you really are like thrown with all the risks. So it can be scary. And the number one thing that I changed, even with every pregnancy, I always change my diet, but I did a lot of research on what I needed to do to try and carry my babies to the longest gestation possible. And I did that. I carried them 36 weeks. That's very rare. And I was huge. Like I was gigantic. <laughs> it was life changing. Yeah. I will say that for sure. 
for our listeners who haven't um, explored your YouTube channel, can you share with us what your daily routine looks like? I, I, I realized with my, I only have one daughter, one child, and I realized during COVID, I had built-in structure when I was going to the office and she was going to school and we had all this built-in structure that was there. And then when we were all at home together trying to figure it all out, I thought, okay, we'll just, we'll figure it out as it goes. Cause I'm, I'm more of a creative artistic kind of like, let's see how it goes. But what I realized is that she craved structure and a lot of kids do. So can you share with us like your daily routine and what it looks like now? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, so first of all, I really understand what you mean when it's like you're a creative and, you know, you can really just go with the flow. But when you have little ones literally at your feet, there has to be structure or everything just goes crazy, right? So I usually wake up around 5.30 and 6 p.m. If I go to bed early the night before, I'm up at like 4.30, like effortlessly. And a lot of that is just because I know I have to get things done before the kids start needing me. And I don't have this heavy weight of pressure of battling their time with minds and everything that I need to get done and just to set the tone and the pace in the mornings for when all the kids wake up. And then I'll do my me time where I just focus on me, my hygiene. I do not let up on my skin routine. What time do you go to bed if you wake up at sometimes 4.30? So if I wake up at 4.30 and I will go to bed, a lot of times that's when my husband comes in, do bedtime, and I can crash with the kids like around 9, 9.30. I mean, there's been times where I will fall asleep around 8 o'clock too, you know, because he does bedtime. And I'm able to do that just depending on what kind of day we have. But the mornings are pretty much the same. Like, how I start my day and how we get going in the morning. If I'm behind, everything is behind. And it's like, it just comes crashing all together. I try to really stick to those important times of me doing my hair. I have curly hair. So if it's a wash day, I need that whole hour to make sure that my curls are perfected. If I'm trying to straighten my hair, if it's like I'm just restyling my curls, you know, I just try to make sure that I'm put together before they get on because I also am getting in front of a camera pretty much every day on Instagram (laughs) to my audience. So I try to look decent as much as possible. 
And then I'll just have like my water and coffee sit down in my desk where I am right now. Like this is my space and I have it. I share it with my kids. To be honest, it's in my living room. I sit down here before it's noisy and I will check my emails. I will try to communicate with my children's teachers, see where they are. I pray here. I will journal and write. I plan out my days. Um, I can get a lot done within a hour or 45 minute time span with no one running up to my desk chair than I can once everybody is up. So my older two daughters, they are independent. They set their alarms. They wake up. They get themselves together before class. And while they're doing that, I am making breakfast for them to come down. And they'll come down, grab a snack, go into class. And then the toddlers wake up. Recently, the triplets have been waking up with my third oldest child. So everybody is schooling from home too. So that's another thing is everybody is schooling from home. It's crazy, but we make it happen, you know? So I had to really let go of this free will. Everybody can do what they want to do. You know, drop the kids off at school. Toddlers, you can just do whatever. I had to let that go once the pandemic hit. And we just had to like shift everything to full on structure. And of course, like with toddlers, when they were younger, they were waking up later. But now they started waking up a lot earlier because they realized, hey, the family is up, you know? So that's changed. So I just make sure that we are doing schooling with the toddlers and I am setting our things for them to keep them busy. So there's not so much bickering back and forth because that can be annoying, but we eat breakfast or they eat breakfast together because I'm usually standing up in the kitchen while they're eating at the table all together. And then they play, we do lunch and then there's nap time. So it's like the mornings are busy, but they really set the tone for the day. I will say that like they set the tone for the day. So they are very important. And then you and your hubby, you seem like an incredible match from all that we've seen. How did you two meet? Did you know you wanted a big family together? Tell us about that. So my husband and I actually met at North Carolina A&T State University. Um, he lived across the hall from me in a dorm. So we were living in dorms. I was a sophomore and he was what, a junior? So he lived across the hall from me and I did not know it. I was so busy with just being really involved in college. And I had a coordination that day that we initially met. I really don't remember us passing each other, but we passed each other. And then I had to come back after my coordination and he asked me for a broom. And I mean, I've told a broom, this broom story before, but our relationship started over a broom and he needed to sweep his dorm room out. So he swept his dorm room out, returned my broom about a week later, and we had a conversation. I don't even remember missing the broom or anything like that. I was probably shocked when he came to return the broom. But our relationship started just like that. We became friends. We started talking. And then he asked me to go to church. And we married in 2010, had our baby, first baby in 2012. And then in seven years, we had six babies. So yeah, that's like the initial, I don't, I can't remember your, what your follow-up question, but that's how we met. 
If you had to narrow it down, Cache, what would you say is the most difficult part or more challenging part about raising such a large family? And also, did you guys always know you wanted a big family? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the point that I wanted to touch on. We knew that we wanted to have five kids. So yes, that's a big family. What we didn't know was that we were going to have three kids at once. So when I was pregnant with my third child, we was like, oh, yeah, we could do five kids. You know, that would be that would probably be a good number for us because we don't come from really large families. His family is a little bit larger than mine, but I don't come from a large family. And I just always admire, you know, large family gatherings and always wanted that for myself. So we knew we wanted multiple kids. I had my third child and he was a lot. And then I was like, okay, so maybe we can like change this up. Maybe three kids is enough. And we ended up pregnant with a triplet. That was a big shock to both of us. I will say that. And I think the biggest challenge with having a large family is tending to the needs of everyone. I mean, I'm a mother and I'm a wife and I'm also a woman. I'm an individual. So tending to my own needs, tending to their needs um, and making sure that everybody is on the same page as a family unit. It can seem like everybody draws from you all at once because they really do. They really do draw from you as being a mother. Everyone just kind of like pulls from you a little bit um, when you are in these roles and you want to do your roles well. So I find that as like the most challenging part and then like cultivating confidence and independence while also just making sure I'm preserving myself, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. It's like you have to fill up that cup. If your cup isn't full, you're, 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 you're giving of yourself and it just, it can become draining. You want to be joyful with your family. We can't not address COVID. (laughs) We can't not address pandemic. We touched on it a little bit before, but how are you doing from going from being on the go to being a hundred percent at home and homeschooling six kids under seven. What are some of the resources that you've been able to use to help you get through this? First of all, it's been really, really hard. Probably the hardest thing I've had to face (laughs) within my motherhood journey, having all the kids home and the kids schooling. It's, I've had to like create spaces for us to just be, especially when the pandemic first hit, making sure that we were still getting outside in the yard. We had never even utilized our backyard to its full potential, but I totally transformed our backyard to where the kids could just play and be home, be outside, because having everybody indoors was really, really hard. We were so, I was so used to just going out to different playgrounds and meetups, play dates, being with our family and friends that we were just never home to be, you know, to be honest. And the pandemic forced us to be home all together. It was really, really hard. The nice thing that happened was my husband's hours got cut. So we are so busy. My husband and I, we are really, really busy. He works outside the home. I'm in the home taking care of things and running the business. His hours got cut, but he was still like traveling because in the tech space, he works in the tech space, that kind of like ramped up a lot. So he was traveling for work, but having his work hours cut was like, I don't know, it it felt heartwarming for all of us because we kind of slowed down a lot. 
we wasn't seeing our family and friends. So we made sure that we was on FaceTime all the time with grandma and cousins. And then just having, making sure that we were checking in with our friends. I really didn't do like any type of group things online. Um, I was showing up for my community. I felt so, I felt very tapped into my community that I have on Instagram, because especially during the summer where there was no schooling, when the kids did not have to go into classes. I felt really connected. I felt creative. And, you know, every I just kind of got out my box a little bit. It challenged me to get out of my box. But COVID has not been easy. It was it was really hard to adjust. I will say that to not having those outside resources and spaces that we were typically going to. A lot to juggle, Tasha. And I feel like your energy, you're saying it was so hard, yet you still beam with patience and you're smiling and you just have a calming way about you. And what we want to know is your biggest advice advice for someone who struggles with being more patient with the people around them, whether it be family life or even just having more patience for themselves now that they're spending a lot of alone time, if that may be the case. Um. I really think patience is learned. You don't really know how to have patience unless you're tried and you realize that, oh, I don't have as much patience as I thought I did. You know, it's circumstances that make you have patience and really just kind of like slowing down, stepping back from situations and not being so tense because life is already like coming at us so fast and we're trying to do all the things at once, right? So with patience, just pacing ourselves for when things come to us, we're not immediately triggered to react. And I mean, that can go in family because kids can be a lot and you don't realize like they can trigger little things and then you automatically react. So just having like a mind space and a self-awareness to realize that, okay, I really need to be um, a little bit more calm or forgiving, you know, and with me, I'm a woman of faith. So when it comes to patience, I really rely on the word of God to help me through that. That can be a lot, you know, because like I said, there's so many pressures, outside pressures that can weigh down on your patience. I've heard lately a lot that praying can be a form of meditation also that instead of doing like an app or a way to meditate with that prayer can be also another way to clear your mind and access, you know, that spiritual place that you need to get you through these really tough times. Yes. Let's chat about your platform, The Bird's Nest. What what inspired you to start this amazing creator account? Um, Did you have a moment where you thought, I need to do this? I need to share my story? Or was it just more natural? Um, It started out as more natural. I definitely did not have the following or like the impact that I have now when I first started. And I wasn't at the time when I first decided that I was just going to share in my journey of motherhood. I felt that I could share so much with mothers. And locally, I was already very involved in my community with other moms and I felt that connection very genuine. And then I decided, hey, it would be really cool if I built an online platform and just start sharing very candidly. And then I got pregnant with the triplets and I was like, I'm going to share this journey. It's very hard. Well, 
at the time, I didn't know it was going to be hard, but I said, I know this is probably going to be very hard. And I am a true believer that we don't go through things for ourselves. We go through things so that we can learn and bloom, and then it will be able to help somebody else, even if it's just one person. So I said, yes, I'm going to document this journey. And at the time, I did not give it a whole lot of thought. I looked into the YouTube platform, what made you know videos go viral. I wanted to reach as many people as possible. I had no clue that I was going to pretty much grow overnight. I was just sharing my pregnancy journey very candidly. Um, of course, I opened up that space for myself and I was very intentional on what I was going to share, how I was going to share it. I put a plan in place and I wanted to really build this community of mothers. Still to this day, I get moms watching my YouTube videos and they're emailing me like, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant with triplets. Thank you so much. I did not even know I needed to do X, Y, and Z for this pregnancy or moms that was just going through a pregnancy and didn't really realize how important it is to take care of yourself, one, when you are pregnant. And then if you do have a high-risk pregnancy, what you might need to do in those really, really early stages of that. So just sharing and being open. I wanted to build a community online versus just like locally. So that's how it all started. And I'm here and I love it. Well, we love you and we love you for sharing everything that you do. It does create that community, like you said, and the fact that you can fail it on a global aspect is major. So obviously you started out just sharing candidly, but now you've grown to have close to 63,000 YouTube subscribers and 110,000 Instagram followers. So I know you said it started out overnight, but how have you maintained those followings? How have you continued to grow? And do you have any advice for those who are just starting out on these platforms? Yes, I will say this because this might be like two part for me because like I said, I started out very candidly. So it was literally picking up the camera and just recording. I did not overthink it. I looked into strategy, but when it came down to just actually doing it with my phone, that's what I had at the time. It is literally just recording. Have your strategy. It can be as simple as, oh, I need, I know I need a good picture as the cover image. I know I need to try and capture an audience within the first few seconds or whatever. And I want to make sure that I'm telling my story as vulnerable. Vulnerability gets you very far um, and as candid as I possibly can and let it ride. You know, the first thing is just to start. Tell your story. Someone needs it, even if it's just one person you do not know how many ears and hearts it will lay on and be creative. Have fun. I love that. Um, you touched on this a little bit earlier, Kashi, and you were talking about asking for help and, you know, building out your team and that kind of thing. Do you actually have a team? Um, and like, if, you know, in terms of your business and if not, are you open to having one? Like, what's the story there? So I do have a team. It's, I am still building on my team, but um, it's taken me some time because you don't really realize how much or where you actually need help. But hiring professionals to like clean the house, I have a cleaner 
that comes. They're actually coming tomorrow. I also have an agency that works with me, the Kensington Gray, and I love them. They help me out so much with my brand partnership. Um, and I am, I went through a phase of hiring a nanny and then it not being the perfect fit. So I'm still going, I'm in the <laughs> I am like locking down on myself to really try and find someone that is like the perfect fit now that I know exactly what I need. It's not very easy, especially when you have a large family and finding someone that can assist me with telling my story and capturing it at the level that I would like to capture it. Because once you start to grow, you want to continue growing and you want to make sure that you're bringing value to the people that are receiving what you have to say. And at this moment, I have so much that I want to share. I'm just not at the capacity to share it. But a friend shared with me, she was like, you capture that. And even if it's not out there yet, there will be space and a time for you to share it because literally when sometimes when you're going through the things and you are so full and you're not able to get it out in the moment, you save it, you sit on it, and then you are able to let it out when the time is perfect for it to be received. Now, this might be a loaded question, but what are you most proud of? Um, I am definitely most proud of being able to like balance and still try and still be who I am. I don't think I try to tell moms do not lose yourself fully in your roles as being a mother, as being a wife, um, wherever you are in the season is just the season, but who you are deep down, like don't lose that because you will learn to shine through. Having so many roles and responsibilities can be a lot, especially when they come at you so fast all at once. And you really don't know how to take it all on. And I struggled with that in the beginning, but it's just a season, you know, always tapping into and trying to make sure that I'm not losing myself. I don't feel like I've lost myself at all. Um, I know who I am. And even though I'm not able to be fully myself because of time, but the kids will eventually go to school Everybody will, I know, I have a vision. So I'm always continuing to work towards that vision. So I'm very proud of the platform that I've built. I'm proud of the woman that I am. In my 20s, I literally grew my family and I am 30 now. So I feel secure in where I am and where I'm going. I'm very proud of that. We're proud of it too. And we love that you're sharing your journey with us. So... I think the the biggest question here is uh, for you to spill the tea and tell us what's next for this bird's nest. Um, for this bird's nest, my platform, of course, I want it to grow. Um, once I'm able to line up and get the team that I want, I am looking forward to launching products for my audience. I'm always asking them, how can I be of service to you? So I pretty much know what they need and what they want from me. And I will have product ebooks. I'm thinking ebook for them. And I would really love to get on stage and start speaking once the world opens back up and represent women, mothers everywhere and start to just tell my story candidly. Uh, right now, 
again, I'm not able to share everything because I'm going through it. But once you're kind of like over the hump and once I'm over the hump, I'm so full of just value and how I can assist mothers in making an imprint on motherhood and not just losing themselves in their roles. Like it's, it's so simple. It can seem so simple, but so hard and so far-fetched at the same time. Oh, Kasha, your energy is just like addictive. I feel like I was on a low before we got on this and I'm just skyrocketing <laughs> high right now. I wish I had you when I had first had my baby, but I think you're going to provide a lot of amazing resources to women as you continue to share more of you, more of your learnings and all of the things that you do to keep your family blossoming and growing. We thank you so much for joining us on Conversations with Coco and Friends. Honestly, Kasha, your insight and energy has been so valuable and we appreciate you sharing your truth with us because that's really what it felt like. Cause you can find Cache on the gram and on YouTube at this bird's nest. That is T-H-I-S-B-Y-R-D-S-N-E-S-T. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.